This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Matt. Well, the Bills play Sunday at 1 p.m. Now you have three games on a Sunday because of the way that the schedule works with Mm -hmm. two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday night. Let's start and walk around the league real quick in chronological order. We start on Saturday, 4.30 p.m., Seahawks at 49ers. Do the Seahawks have a chance here? No, probably not. I, I don't, I mean, they've got a chance. Every team that's in the playoffs has a chance. And sure. that goes back to me talking about even the dolphins with the bills. Every team's got a chance. Monumental but, upset. If it happens, I mean, what, what, what's your level of confidence in the 49ers winning? Do you know the line in this game? I was just about to look, but I guess it probably would be about eight or nine. I would think I would say it's probably like 49ers nine and a half. I'm going to double check, but I also want to see how that compares to the bills because like we just said, how monumental of an upset it's nine and a half to 10, depending on where you look. Okay. So it's nine and a half to 10. I think that the 49ers win. I think the 49ers win pretty comfortably. I don't want to completely write off Geno Smith. He's having a good year, but 49ers at home, that defense, I think they're going to give the Seahawks some problems and they should advance. Yeah. I feel the same. Um, you know, the, the, the Seahawks do have like some playmaking ability, but I think the 49ers are just really solid uh, on both sides of the ball, what they do and, and how they operate. So I, I agree with you there. Then we go to a really interesting game, AFC chargers, Jaguars. This is the Saturday night game. The chargers are actually a two point favorite at Jacksonville. Uh-huh. I think the Jaguars can give them a game, but I think the chargers are the better team and have more overall talent. Although yeah. the Jags are a team that cannot be discounted. No, I think I was a little underwhelmed with the Jags when I saw them against the Titans the other day to get into the playoffs. And I've heard, so I've only watched them a handful of times this year. And I do think that they're a team on the rise. I mean, you've got some really nice playmakers with a really good young quarterback. And then next year you get to add Calvin Ridley into the mix. So like watch out for them because they could be really dangerous next year. I think right now I would still give the edge to the chargers. I think you've got Bosa back. You've got some of your playmakers coming back. It looks like Slater is kind of turning the corner and he might be able to come back at some point. I would normally in these situations, just go to the better quarterback. And even though I really like Trevor Lawrence, I think right now Herbert is still a better quarterback. 
And I trust his playmakers with Keenan Allen and even a banged up Mike Williams and Austin Eckler more than I trust Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Travis Etienne. The game after the Bills, Bills play at 1 o'clock on Sunday, is Giants-Vikings. Here comes Brian Dable and the fighting New York Giants to go to Minnesota, a team that is just a paper tiger. But yeah. do they have enough to beat a Giants squad that really not very good on offense but put to, put it together a couple of times as of late? What do you expect out of this game? The uh, Vikings are a 3-4 to four point favorite. All right, so it feels like the trendy pick is to take the Giants. feels like everywhere you look right now, people are taking the Giants, which is why I like the Vikings. I think that when everybody zigs, you should try and zag, and I think the Vikings are frauds, but they're in Minnesota. I still, it's not a one o'clock game, so you don't get one o'clock Kirk Cousins, <laughs> but 430 is the next closest thing. I just trust Kirk Cousins at home more than I trust Daniel Jones. I do trust Dable. Like, I think he'll have some tricks up his sleeve, but the Giants right now feel a lot like the Bills did in 2019, where it's like, you need a really good game from your defense and you got to be able to be really opportunistic offensively. Like that game to me, Giants Vikings almost feels like Bill's Texans from a couple years ago, where a lot of people thought the lower seed was going to win. And then the higher seed sneaks one out at the end. The, these two teams did just play just a few weeks ago and the Vikings won in the last second field goal, 27 to 24. I like the way you frame that. I, I agree with you that the giants seem to like the trendy pick to me. The Vikings still have more capabilities more offensive capabilities, especially they can make some plays on defense. The giants defense is tough, um, but I'm going to go with the Vikings at home in this one. And then you have the Saturday night. I'm sorry. The Sunday night game Ravens at Bengals. Okay. Uh Now the Bengals are favored by seven and a half to eight and a half. So it's about an eight point spread word is as of right now, it looks like Lamar is not going to be able to play, but that's not official. It doesn't appear that he's on track to play. Uh I, I have a question for you. Did you, did you watch any of this game last week when they played? Have you gone no. back and seen any of it? No, I haven't. Okay. Next question. Have you seen the box score from that game? Yes. I will tell you the Baltimore Ravens pretty much dominated the Cincinnati Bengals. And that was with a third string quarterback. They yeah. outgained them. They yards per play was the Bengals had 4.0. Like that's incredibly low. They stopped them and what they did was turn the ball over and that's yeah. how the Bengals won. And it's not like the Bengals rested guys. Joe Burrow played every single snap. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Dobbins looks like he's coming back. So while there's still right. questions about Lamar, you should get Dobbins back. The Ravens also rested some other guys in that game because they wanted that's them right. to be available for this upcoming game. And you would be starting Huntley this time if you can't start Lamar. So I don't think that line to me screams that they want you to take the bangles. Like they're begging you to take the bangles. Really? Seven and that, a half, that, eight o'clock. Okay. Cause I think that's a pretty good spread. I don't know if that's, they're begging it because I think that with the Baltimore defense, you, you can make an argument to take Baltimore. Even if you think the Bengals should take care of them. I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. Maybe. I think the bank, I think the Bengals are going to win, but I think I'm it's going to be a close. I think it's going to be a closer game. Who's more likely the Ravens to beat the Bengals or the Seahawks to beat the 49ers to beat the Bengals. I think Ravens Bengals. I agree. I agree. I think and that by the it, way, and let me, let me also say this. The Bengals are banged up on their offensive line. Like they really just lost Leo up. Collins and Alex Kappa is now not going to play in this game as a very good guard. I, 
against a Ravens defense that is, I think, number three in the league, points allowed. They've been playing like really, really great football. They just signed Roquan Smith at that extension. I mean, it is, it's not inconceivable that they go to Cincinnati and win this game. And suddenly they're going to Kansas City and Lamar Jackson is on the field in round two. I think it could happen. I'm not going to sit here and predict it's going to happen. I'm just telling everybody that I would take, I think I would take the Ravens plus the points, but I think the Bengals win the game. Thing that I always go back to, I was having this conversation with somebody today. Weird stuff happens wild card weekend. It just always does. Like it doesn't feel like the higher seed always just goes and wins, even though people think that that's going to happen. And that's kind of why I'm like, well, the bills can't be overlooking anybody, but a lot of these teams can't be overlooking anybody. I even just went back to last year, like in most games last year, the higher seed ended up winning, but the the Bills Patriots game last year nobody really saw that coming. The 49ers were the team that beat the Cowboys in the upset. That was the game when Dak like ran it up the middle with no time left and they didn't give themselves any chance there. The Bengals and the Raiders played in that really weird game where there was like the whistle and then the play didn't count. You remember that? I do. Wild card weekend that yep. was right before yep. the Bills game. So right. just like weird stuff tends to happen wild card weekend. So that's why like one of these teams that we're saying is an underdog is going to win. It's just, it's going to happen. By the way, Anthony Brown was the quarterback for the Ravens. He threw two interceptions. That was a big reason why the Bengals wound up winning. They had four turnovers. Joe Burrow only threw, he threw the ball 42 times for only 215 yards in that game. I'm just telling you that the the Ravens, the stat sheet, I didn't watch the game. It's a box score scouting, admittedly here. Yeah. But they handled the Bengals in a lot of ways and now we'll see. But of course, without having Lamar Jackson, that does hurt. And just so everybody knows if the Ravens pull the upset over the Bengals, the Ravens would go to Kansas city and the bills. If they win would get the winner of the other game, Jacksonville and LA. Uh If the Bengals hold serve, if you will, they come to Buffalo, no matter what, like if they win, they come to Buffalo. That's, that's the next round matchup. So, and then the chiefs would get the, um, winner of the other game. All right. Yep. And then finally, Cowboys Buccaneers Monday night. What are you thinking? I think the Cowboys win big. What do you think? Cowboys win big. Really? Yeah. Wow. I yeah. After I don't the think way they, they were horrible last week against Washington. I Dak know. has looked bad. I lately. know. I know. I still I do not some... think the Cowboys win big. I, I trust their defense kind of a lot. I, um, I, I will pick the Cowboys to win. I, I think it's a lower scoring game and it's not a blowout at all. I think the Cowboys have some issues on offense, but the Bengal, the, the Buccaneers do too. If the Cowboys win me, look, if the Cowboy, if everything holds true, Cowboys would go to the Eagles. If everything holds, that would be awesome. Well, wow, they wouldn't, that they would lose if everything held because they're the five, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah but okay. yeah, yeah. I, if the other, if the other games held. Okay. Right. Yeah. That would be a fun one. That would be a fun one. Um, that'd be a rematch. That'd be their third game this year, obviously. All right. And then real quickly, um, before we get to a couple of questions, yep. word has come out via our Odyssey station in Kansas city and um, Bob Fesco, who's a morning show host there. He says what he has heard is that Atlanta is right now the city of choice and the place of choice for the neutral site game. If it is the bills and chiefs, and then they wind up playing and they go to a neutral site. It is equidistant pretty much between the two. The way he laid it out, Matt, was this. He said, 
The Chiefs don't want to go east. The Bills don't want to go west. The Chiefs are fine at going to Las Vegas. The Bills are fine with going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, the league is trying to do their best to uh, to accommodate and make it as equitable as possible. But given the fact that you can't go to Indy because of a volleyball tournament, you can't go to Detroit because the turf is being used, and you can't go to these other cities like Minnesota because their stadium could be used that weekend, it looks like Atlanta and then possibly New Orleans is still in the mix of Atlanta. Can't do it for some reason. All right. So I've never been to the stadium in Atlanta. So that would be really fun. I would really like to see that stadium. I really like the Superdome and also New Orleans is great. That would be a ton of fun, but we're a long way from that. I am very much like a don't put the car before the horse kind of guy. So I'm just very much like one week at a time. Don't, don't even talk about it. Don't put it in the universe because then it, then it's not going to happen. That's how I've always like managed and approached life. Well, even, well, maybe we could talk about it and it doesn't happen because the bills wind up hosting because the chiefs get knocked out. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what's going to happen. Okay. That's what's going to happen. We're going to keep it nice and simple here. That's fair. Uh, I'll, I'll go with that. All right. Do you have any questions for us today? Yeah. So this one's from Kyle. Which rookie will make the biggest impact in the playoffs? I've got my answer. Bills I can go for NFL bills. Rookie James cook. I agree. James cook for sure. I think he, that he outsnapped Devin Singletary for the first time last week. And I know Devin didn't play a couple series after the fumble, which plays into that. But James mm-hmm. cook has been seeing more and more time. I agree with you on everything. I think Singletary will still get more of the workload moving forward, mm-hmm. but I think that it's going to be closer than we would have thought it would have been a month ago or something like that. All right. This question is from Matt. What is the proper peanut butter to jelly ratio? Okay. Good question. I, I do eat peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. Same. And I definitely put more peanut butter on than I do jelly. What is the ratio though? Like say a percentage, if a hundred percent is a full sandwich, what okay. is the percentage of peanut butter? I would say 70 to 75. Okay. I, I would say I'm probably like 65, yeah. but we're, we're Maybe pretty close. Sometimes that could happen. Mm-hmm. It might be, but I would generally around 70, 75. What would you say is your ideal peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Like which kind of peanut butter, which kind of jelly? Oh, it's gotta be crunchy peanut butter. Oh, I'm creamy. Oh, you gotta have, gotta have the crunchiness. Gotta have the nuts. And then, um, Jelly, it doesn't really matter. Whatever I have, grape jelly's fine. Strawberry yeah. jelly's fine. I don't really care. I'm a creamy with grape guy. Okay, through and through. All I mean, right. I I'm not. I don't discriminate. Like I would have a crunchy with the strawberry. Okay. I just I just always have creamy with grape. If I wait, look, if I had creamy, I'll eat it. I don't. I don't exactly. Yeah. But to me, I'd rather have the crunchy. This one is from Tom. Active receivers this week. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but I didn't want to get back. I did want to get back to it. So we know that Stefan, Gabe, and Isaiah. Well, Isaiah was on the injury report on Wednesday. I don't think it's going to be anything that holds him out of the game. But those three no, players. There is a possibility something happened at practice, but we just don't know that yet, right? Yeah, that's exactly because he just kind of popped up. So it was a hamstring thing. So if it was something. It could also just maybe, be something that he got treatment on and we didn't know and Sean didn't mention it and not a big deal. So are those the only three who were like definite? No, I think I think Kalosha Kier is a definite. And then to me, it's I mean, I guess if you if you do elevate both Brown and Beasley, you could do it. And I think Beasley gets elevated before Brown, even though I did say earlier that Brown might be the better matchup. I think it's Beasley's the guy that they'd probably feel really good about having the option to have him just as a safety blanket. I think you're right. I think it's either going to be those five or maybe those six. This is from Christina. This is just a really nice question. And I appreciate Christina asking. 
how are you guys feeling? It's been a roller coaster 10 days or so. And then also any hope of seeing Hyde in the playoffs. We are, we already talked about the Hyde thing. I just thought it was really nice of Christina to ask that because it has been a, a really, really crazy week and a half. And it's been a lot. I feel like we've all kind of had this weight off of our shoulders now that we know DeMar is doing better and he's making all of this progress. And that's the best thing that we could have asked for. So I think that that was a real big mood boost last week when we heard from the doctors and it has just kind of continued to go in that direction. This is just naturally a busy time of the year, but I also think that that's, you you want that. It's almost like what Dan Dawkins said earlier today. Dan Dawkins was like, there's a lot of players in the NFL who are home right now, wherever they live, they're already done. Their seasons are done. And we're still, I I enjoy covering football games that matter. You know, there's a lot of people who have never had that opportunity. So I don't take that for granted. Christina, thank you for asking. Um, I will tell you that it has been not only a roller coaster of emotions, but it's just been very physically and mentally, emotionally exhausting and draining. Mm-hmm. And I have basically on a normal week, Matt, Tuesday is my day off. Yeah. I don't host the extra point show on Tuesday. Joe DiBiase does. It's because it's players day off on Tuesday. So I generally step back for a day and I get to reset and recharge. I haven't been able to do that for the last few Tuesdays. There's been the Saturday games and the holidays Uh and then the game that happened on Monday night. And of course I'm working on Tuesday because of what happened Monday night in Cincinnati this week. I will tell you, I finally had a normal Tuesday. (laughs) I took off. I went to the gym. I got my, my body right. And my mind, right. Just in that small time, right. That I could. And I came home and actually, Max wasn't feeling good. I had to pick him up from school and that stunk, but it stunk for him, but we just hung out together at home and I had some stuff to do and he just kind of laid on the couch and was watching some videos and it was just a nice day. So I would say after that day, I felt really, really recharged and reset on Wednesday and I really, really needed that. Yeah. My goal for this week is to try and be off Friday, Saturday. So last week we had everything happen in Cincinnati. Now this is, this kind of heavy, but my, my wife's grandfather passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. But it was three days after Christmas, the 28th. So we're all sitting there after he had passed away. And also shout out to the people who work for hospice. They're they're amazing. He was in hospice care and all of the stuff that they do is just unbelievable. And I try and like volunteer for different hospice events when I can't, the organization is incredible. But when he passed away, we had the conversation of when are we going to do the funeral? And I knew that the game was on Monday night football in Cincinnati on channel seven. And I was like, I want to do everything I can to be at this funeral, but I can't go if it's on Monday or Tuesday. So they kind of helped like the, the funeral was a little bit planned around me. So they did it on Wednesday. So two days after Monday night football. So on Monday night, everything happens. And in the middle of all of it, it it almost felt like selfish to think about it, but I was sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I am the pallbearer in Andrea's grandfather's funeral on Wednesday. I need to get back to Buffalo at some point, but we didn't know at that point, like, are they going to play a football game on a Tuesday night on a Wednesday night in Cincinnati? What's going to happen? Is it going to be on ABC again? Do I need to be here? So luckily we were able to kind of swap crews. Like I went back to Buffalo and our anchor Jeff Russo went out to Cincinnati and we were able to flip flop. But my only real day off since 
all of this has happened was spent at a funeral and then doing like the typical funeral luncheon for, you know, Italian mass afterwards. So it was, it's been a, it's been a week and a half. So, but it, you know, like we said, we're very, very fortunate to be covering these games. Yeah. So it's, uh, and, but thank you for asking Christina. Yeah. Yeah. We're running out of time here. Um, unless you have any more, you really, really want to get to, let me know. Cause I got something else I want to end with. One more. Okay. Any superstitions on game day? Hmm, any superstitions on game day? No, I don't think so. I drive the same way, but that's really more out of necessity than anything else. And to get to the yeah. stadium a certain way. Um, I don't think I have any superstitions on game day. I listen to the same playlist on the way to every single okay. home game. Every single play. Every wow. Well, now you got to tell us what it is. Oh, it's, I tweet it every week. Oh, yeah, I tweet it right. so you can see it and anybody can like it. And I think it's got like a couple hundred followers because every week I tweet it. I'm like driving the stadium. You can listen to the same music that I'm listening to. It's got, yeah, it's got almost 200 likes on it. So I listen to the same music. I don't know why, but I've always just kind of been like, yeah, it seems to work. And I'm still fortunate enough that I get to cover football for a living. So I'm just going to keep on doing it until I don't anymore. Before we head on out of here, um, just a couple of words about our friend and colleague, John Murphy. Yes. John, John had a stroke and was unable to call the game in Cincinnati. And then obviously Chris Brown filled in and that was a really tough situation for his first game filling in. Um, and then we didn't know the status of, you know, if Murph was going to be able to do the game last Sunday against the Patriots. And unfortunately he wasn't able to do that game. He's also not calling this week's game against the Miami Dolphins. And we don't know when Murph is going to return to the booth, Murph's going to return to the booth at some point. I'm confident of it because I know Murph loves what he does and he's got a lot of people around him helping to take care of him. And he's in great care. I do know he's home and he's with Mary, uh, his awesome wife and his grandkids, his son, Mark actually worked with us in the booth. He was a spotter last Sunday. Talk yeah. with Mark about John. I haven't spoken with John, but I know that, you know, Murph as well, really well as well. And we're all just really thinking about him. And he's such a legendary voice. And this is, this is such a special time for the bills. And it really, really hurts all of us to know that he's not able to enjoy this part of it. Absolutely. So, you know, we're sending our well wishes, our prayers, our thoughts to him. I, I will share this update. So this is from the Buffalo broadcasters association on Wednesday. So, you know, Mary, his wife has been communicating with, you know, the people who have reached out and there have been so many just because yep. Murph has been so instrumental in the community. The update is John is progressing daily. Thanks to physical therapy, speech therapy, and occupational therapy, baby steps, but he's putting in the work and we have an army of family support. So that is the latest update from the family that they publicly shared. So it's not like we're sharing something that they don't want out there or anything. Like we said, he's a legend. He has meant a lot to me. You know, when we first started our show at channel seven, I only had known Murph in passing, like see him at the bills practices, see him at the games. Hi Murph. And me being somebody who, you know, listened to him, you know, and, and like even people like you and bulldog and show and all these people, like you listen to these people for so long, you're like, wow, like that's John Murphy. And then he part, he started doing our show together. And I was like, you know, this John Murphy guy, he's been around for a long time. He's really, really popular. I hope he's easy to work with and he couldn't be easier. That's he couldn't right. be friendlier. Right. He couldn't be greater. So, you know, right. I, I just hope that him and his family get through this time and, you know, we see him back in the booth soon. When I was growing up, Murph was in your position. He was the sports director at channel seven. 
the show on Monday night that we do, the point after, there are three people on the show. It's me, Murph, and Joe Biscalia. All three have all three have been sports directors of channel. There's been six sports directors in the history of Channel Seven. Three of them are currently on the show. The other three are Jeff Russo, Rick Azar, and Bob Kashinsky. Wow. Some names that I love. And of course, a lot of people know Jeff Russo still from being on the air, but I grew up with Rick Azar, Bob Kashinsky as well. And what what a cast. Tom Joel's the weather outside. Yeah. And I will mention John's wife, Mary, Mary Travis. Yes. She was a an anchor on Channel 7. I watched her growing up. Yeah. And so another, so yeah, I mean like channel seven in its heyday, I always am reminded of it when I walk into the studio, cause it's the Irv Rick and Tom studio. So oh, you yeah. always see their faces when you walk into the door, but Bob Kashinsky also a Niagara Wheatfields guy. So there's been six sports directors and two of them are from Wheatfield. And I think Bob went on to do some of the uh, em- em- stuff. empire empire empire. Yep. He was with empire for a while actually. That's right. And I remember like just sitting up in my parents' room and watching Empire Sports before I would like go to bed. And I, I was just, it was the best. I think I like, I remember Howard. Of on course. Empire. Yeah. And Jim Brinson and, and the crew, right? Yeah. No doubt. No great memories. And Murph, we love you. Get well soon. We can't wait to get you back. Matt, I hope that we could talk about a win the next time we talk together on this podcast. Yeah. yeah I hope so too. <laughs> All right, we'll do that next time, and let's do it. Let's talk about a Bills win against the Dolphins and what lies ahead the next time we talk to you on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.